Welcome. The Internet of Things requires complex connected hardware. Many companies are seriously underestimating how challenging this can be to deliver. That's what we'll talk about today. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome to the second episode of IoT Innovation. My name is Chris Hare, and today we'll be following on from last week's introduction to explain a little bit more about some of the complexities that the Internet of Things brings to all of the companies interested in playing in this space. Much of this technical complexity is really um, around well understood disciplines in other markets. So, for example, experts in the telecom market have never really had a reason to discuss these aspects with the medical industry or the defense industry or others. And so today, what I would like to do is I'm, I'm being joined by um, Dr. Jerry Hayes and Larry Stefan, um, the founder and president and the general manager of the Wireless Research Center of North Carolina. And I'd like to get them to talk a little bit about the technical issues that they are seeing in the industry as they are working with a wide range of large and young companies in a number of different markets. So gentlemen, welcome and thank you very much for joining me. So, so Jerry, I think first of all, let me let me ask you a kind of a, a ranging question here. Um, tell us a little bit about um, antennas and RF in general, and how they are really the linchpin, the connecting point between all of this promise that IoT has, and, and potentially therefore the weak link that might cause a project to fail. It's okay. Thank you. Thanks for having us on the on the show today, and uh, for the. The Wireless Research Center here in North Carolina, we, we address the hardware and the radio side of the IoT universe. Um, you know, looking specifically, as, as you mentioned, the challenge is, is how do you get a radio or a connected device to work, uh, to work well in a, in a mobile environment? Um, that includes anything from nearby to a further distance away. So, so picking up on that, I mean, in terms of, of RF and antenna, clearly these are technology areas that, that uh, device companies and the operator community understand extremely well. Um, maybe, Larry, you can, you can expand a little bit on what, what Jerry said and talk regarding how um, this is making the, the IoT landscape that much more complex because of all these different entrants that are playing in it today. The, uh the IoT market is, is extremely broad. And um, as we bring on more and more devices, we're gonna see the a different set of challenges, a different set of use cases in terms of how we wanna connect. You know, Is it a fixed device? Is it a low data rate device? Is it a wearable device? Is it a medical device? What's the level of sensitivity, connectivity to 
to the uh, the asset or the person or the object that is trying to be connected to and trying to bring onto the IP onto an IP network. So the challenge here is managing all these expectations from the uh, customer point of view and the customer being maybe the industrial business to business application or maybe a consumer. So there's a, a wide range of use cases and applications and the ability to connect and how much to connect and how to connect are part of the conversation. Here. So that, that, uh, that is kind of like the, the, the soft discussion that has to be specifically identified in each individual use case. So I think that's one of the challenges is we're not talking about one wireless standard or one wireless technology or protocol. And actually, maybe we can see the second slide up to uh, to give a little bit of background to this for, for Jerry to speak to. But I think what one of the challenges that we see and having worked with operators in different parts of the world is, is some of these mobile devices that we think of as a simple smartphone that's in our pocket maybe has 10 or a dozen radios inside it all of which have to work together and play nicely in the same sandbox and i think that's very much misunderstood by consumers and of course as a result much misunderstood by a lot of the um the people that are starting to get into connected devices that have never done this before so jerry maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the rf uh, science behind this and some of the different protocols that you see if we can if we can show that uh, second slide please on the slide, um, basically, there's there's concentric circles, uh, and each one kind of addresses a different network extending out away from the body. You'll have a body area network, which most people could think of, you know, as their Bluetooth device for a headset, or as as maybe like a Fitbit device, or 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 even a more specific sensor that's probing your your pulse or blood oxygen. All of those standards are actually all of those interfaces have different standards and protocols and, and a different electromagnetic challenge trying to work well near a body and to reach out to the next area, which would be your personal area network, which could be your cell phone connection to your Bluetooth. And, and that leads out to the, to the standard ones that many people are familiar with, like your local area network, which would be your Wi-Fi type of system. And then into the wide area network and metropolitan area network, which are your, your cellular and satellite types of communication. So, so one of the things, as you get broader, there's, there's a little more standardization. Uh, one of the challenges is when you get closer in to the lower power devices, there's, there's not one specific standard that everything is converging to. And that makes it a challenge. Uh, in addition to the different radio environments that you have to design for, uh, the, the good news is that there's there's lots of of capable engineering resources available that that are able to develop a, a good robust solution to provide that connectivity so so talking a little bit about those skills uh, and and maybe just to, to switch gears a little bit you're in you're in north carolina um as a business um that that's you know a, a, an active research and development area of the country um can you talk a bit larry about why are you there what companies are you seeing pop up and, and how are you kind of uh, marketing and exploring these company opportunities in, in in the local area as well as nationally and internationally right so the, the history is, is 
generated by the existence of Sony Ericsson. And the, and the concept was that we, when the, in the, the wireless center was created, is that we want to take advantage of all the resources that were left behind when Sony Ericsson went through its uh, troubles. And Sony Ericsson was not alone in going through troubles, um, but uh, there was great talent, telecommunication talent, RF talent, and so forth that is in the area. And we, we knew that if we wanted to keep that great gray matter, the intellect that is uh, supporting these large companies and his infrastructure here, we had to make an environment that was a catalyst to keeping here. And what is one thing is to have a world-class test facility, a world-class set of engineers, and then have a breadth of companies that needed all those. So over the last several years since the wireless center been, was been established, the, the project has grown to um, uh, include multiple companies within the region, uh, like Device Solutions, Connected Development, a number of the companies that are just exploded in terms of growth and opportunities. But the beautiful part of that is that it's servicing the goal that these projects uh, are, are coming to us around the world. And that's because of the great talent here. And the beauty of that is when they have to test their equipment here or test the product here and validate the you know, performance of a cell device or a Bluetooth device or a satellite device, they have a world-class facility like the Wireless Research Center here to test. So it allows our region to be identified as that core competency. And the core competency is being blanketed by that definition or that category called IoT. And as we try to define IoT, uh, a lot of these projects and uh, opportunities come back to us because people recognize that the ecosystem here is so well suited to support all that. So we're seeing that as the, the we, we act as try to facilitate that amongst our ecosystem locally and our ecosystem globally and make sure that we have all the tools and resources to support all that. And that, that appears to be uh, generating a great deal of interest in the, the triangle, as we call here in North Carolina, and the Wireless Research Center specifically. And IoT is a, is a, is a expanding marketplace that we have to uh, make sure that we're ready for it and that we identify to the globe that this is the region that is going to be the best region to support that demand as it grows from 5 billion connected devices, the 50 billion connected devices, as stated by IDC. So, so I guess the, um, I was going to say the elephant in the room, but maybe the, um, the, the other guests in the room that, that we've not yet talked about. Uh, Jerry, maybe you can talk a little bit about the, um, the, 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 the samples and the equipment and the devices behind you um, and explain a little bit about how they play into uh, validating RF performance for some of these IoT partners that you have? Sure, sure. What we have behind us, there's kind of a small subset of, of some really unique test capabilities for developing next generation on-body and near-body types of systems that are going to be real ubiquitous within the IoT space. Uh, in, the for, in the background, you'll see it's a, it's a, a full-body phantom uh, through a partnership with the ETHIS Foundation in Zurich, Switzerland, we are one of the first test labs to have access to that. And that, that phantom basically mimics a human being uh, from an electromagnetic point of view. And you can develop various wearable devices or on-body sensors next to that to, to show how robust the radio and RF link is. On the table, we have a, a head phantom that mimics, for the cellular industry, it mimics a human head 
and we're, we're accredited to do testing to devices such as cell phones placed next to the head. And we're holding a hand model as well that you would place a device like a handset in the hand and you can measure that, that radio performance or you can put it adjacent to the head. Um, so many of these are, are cutting edge tools that we have uh, to help evaluate the next generation of wearable devices. So, so you're taking companies through the process from design development right through testing and right through to certification for RF. Um, maybe you could, can you walk me through a typical customer engagement of what does that look like when a customer shows up and says, help, I've got a design I'm working on and it's not working or help, I've got a product I'd like to build and I don't know enough about it. Describe the process that you go through as you, you try and help take a customer on the journey right through to product launch? Sure. We actually we actually address multiple levels depending on where the customer's at. Um, on, a, on a real basic level, one of the aspects that we offer here at the center is, is a commercialization center in terms of wrapping an idea. If you have an idea for an IoT device, um, we can help you form those thoughts, research your IP, intellectual property, help you develop a business a business concept and leading into a business plan. On a technical side, um, we, we can also, what we do here at the center is we really connect the dots and, and lead you through that process where uh, you know you need an antenna, you need a radio, you need to have hardware built. Um, all of those resources are still are in the North Carolina area. And, and we, we typically connect with different companies in the area to, to create kind of a virtual development team, you know, where we're, we're the technical leads uh, working through the process from a concept all the way up through high volume production. So I, I think what's interesting about this um, in, in, in talking about it is that some of this is very familiar to some of our audience that have, that have been in telecom for a number of years. These are the type of capabilities and, and equipment and skills that would have been part of most, if not all, of the larger handset makers uh, 10 years ago. Um, that's certainly not the case anymore. Even some of the large device makers are outsourcing this type of work. But, but I think beyond that, um, maybe you could both talk a little bit about um, how you're seeing the IoT space really help, um, in your area, help um, companies that are not really wireless uh, in nature. Um, so talk a little bit about some of the other markets that you're starting to serve and some of the, in fact, if you can, without bridge, bridging any NDAs, uh, talk about maybe a couple of case studies of the uh, the wild and wonderful products that you've been involved in uh, testing and helping. So we, we see a number of companies here, and, and you're right, a lot of these are under NDA, but they, they, they cover multiple categories, uh, whether it's... Uh, traditional handsets, whether it's a Bluetooth device, whether it's a home automation device, uh, we see them all and then we, we try to help these companies enter into the space as gracefully as possible. And some of that's done with a lot of overall partners in the area that actually um, facilitate some of these uh, designs to product level. Uh, so, you know, we don't, in the IoT world, how you get on to the network and how you become a connected device uh, takes a number of different radios. And, and we see a lot of companies for the first time saying, we need to be connected and we don't have any RF expertise in our company. 
So we need your ORF expertise to be part of our company. So as a 501c3, we advertise ourselves and we make sure that we, the community understands that we are part of their company. We are research resources are an extension of who they are. So if they're stepping into the ORF space or IoT space for the first time, and they may have some strong product people, they may have some strong technology, but they don't necessarily have the, um, the skill sets. And the skill sets here we have in the wireless center are probably the best in the, um, in the planet. Um, they come to us and we can quickly assess their needs and then we can qualify the task. And it's not unusual for us to actually uh, perform some of these design issues, simply go through simulations to make sure they're doing it properly. And often it's a, co it's a collaboration between the large company coming in here or a mid-sized company coming in here or a startup coming in here uh, to bring these products to market. And we often scope the big picture and maybe do some preliminary engineering. And then we hand it off to some of our partners in the ecosystem here to say, you know, we'll, we'll take it to the commercial uh, application. We'll take it to production and we'll take, we'll handhold and we'll become that support team. So one thing we've done here, which is really nice, is we have a great collaboration environment here. And we've been able to actually facilitate uh, the actual a level of co-opetition, I guess, is the an old expression that comes to mind. That people understand that um, if we all succeed, um, it, it's better better for the entire in, industry, industry specifically, but also for the region. And, and, and that's kind of what's going on here. Without doing a commercial for the riot, North Carolina Regional Internet of Things, for example, we have a body here that is meeting tonight at the uh, North Carolina State University facility and we have workshops in place here uh, from three o'clock to six o'clock this afternoon to talk about some of the challenges here so one workshops on on uh, standard on technology one workshops on analytics one workshops on marketing and all of these companies that are representative here in the, in the region are participating in these workshops so they can present them later at night and the Interesting thing is that we have been like triple book in terms of open availability for these spots because people really want to kind of facilitate this conversation, get thought leaders into this conversation, but we can direct people how to make commercial opportunities real. And, and a lot of, even the brightest people here are still trying to navigate some of this. So uh, they're gonna to present tonight after we have a meetup with traditional, we'll have about 250 people there tonight. And again, it's a great ecosystem here, a great community here that understands the importance of how this is in terms of who their company will be and what their company will be for the next generation of their company. So everybody from the largest to smallest company knows that participating from an IoT point of view is critical to their success. And if they don't have a plan, they're gonna be left behind. So the community has the resources to help facilitate these companies. Again, all this size, technology opportunity to kind of help facilitate that. So that's kind of who we are. And that's what we try to, we try to fill the role of trying to bring the right people in the room and make these uh, workshops and these in, in, uh, environments a, a very collaborative uh, experience. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this across the country and in other parts of the world, actually, that there's um, many, many uh, regions that are deciding that there are young companies that need help. And I think this is a critical collaborative element that, that um, I'm seeing in this part of the country as well as in a handful of other areas because IoT is unknown to almost everybody that's involved in it, whether it's large companies or small. 
And I think that presents its own challenges um, to a large company, to a small company, it potentially is a minefield. Um, so talking of those those kind of issues and those kind of minefields, uh, Jerry, maybe can you talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the larger pitfalls that you've seen of uh, bad choices or bad design from an RF point of view? Because I, I think one of the things I've seen with projects is some of these IoT um, um, you know, interested companies don't know what they don't know until they, they start having problems. So if you could mention a couple of, uh, of those type of projects where they've had performance issues or they've had design challenges that you've been able to help them with. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, one of the biggest ones we see is not giving forethought for the, the antenna or the RF. Um, many of the products are all, you know, they're, if they're meant to be worn near the body, they have a particular size and shape. Um, and oftentimes the radio and the antenna are kind of an afterthought. Um, people kind of assume that you could just place it on a PCB. Unfortunately, that, that's not the case. Uh, you know, they're, it's very interdependent with the, with the housing and, and with the, the actual device, as well as its location and proximity to things either on the body or next to metal objects. Um, the good news is those are things that, that people like the, the wireless center and our associates are very familiar with that. So, so being able to engage early on uh, can, can help, help navigate pitfalls there. Uh, sometimes if you don't pay attention to these things, you could be so far down on the development cycle and you're ready for type approval or customer approval or performance evaluation in the field and realize that you're not meeting your objective. Um, and it, you know, addressing them early on and taking them into consideration early on is critical. The, the second one that we see is the interoperability with, with adjacent devices uh, and interference and avoiding interference. Um, again, people don't realize that you can, if you could have two radios that were designed to work independently when you put them next to each other or in the same, same unit, they'll, they'll interfere with each other. And again, that's something that, that RF engineers and the skill sets around, around the ecosystem here are very familiar with. So early on, being aware and being able to navigate that saves time and efficiency. When we had a, our previous ride, we had a presentation from a lighting company called Cree, one of the largest LED companies in the, in the world. And uh, they're trying to do um, a home automation project from a lighting point of view. And they understand that the quality of the experience is what's going to separate them from the competition. And a quality experience is often the first part of the experience is the ability to be connected. But if you don't connect properly, you don't have a properly well-defined antenna and radio, you're going to have a negative experience. But beyond that, you, they also want to, you know, people being connected because they want to see something. They typically want to see data. So how they see the data, how you manage the data becomes a large part of that. And then people have all this other anxiety about what about security? How do I protect myself now that I'm on the, I'm, I'm sharing my home lighting capability with the world? You know, how do you make sure that that's proper? So, you know, the beauty of what we see here from a lot of people moving into the house space is they understand the overall experience. And one of the most critical factors of experience is the quality of the radio. So it's not unusual that we see projects that say, let me go offshore and get somebody to build this for me. And then they come back and they see the quality of the design underwhelming. 
and then they use our tools to actually look at the design, and then we help facilitate to improve that design. So we've seen normal a, a number of projects that actually had that challenge, and then we also have a number of partners that when they have these challenges, whether security or data management or cloud services, we we kind of navigate all those problems to help address some of these customers because the only way this is going to be commercially successful is that people have great experiences, and it's always about the experience. So. We, we, we kind of facilitate a certain role there, but we understand that it's a broad role across the entire requirements of the customer. Thank you. I think coming back to one of the comments I made at the beginning, um, what we what we certainly see is that, that this is about the overall experience, but if the connection doesn't happen, then the whole ecosystem, the whole business model falls apart. And, and that's why I wanted to make sure that we were introducing this topic uh, pretty early in the in the series. Um, and, and Larry, you make great points regarding security. Um, we will be bringing in uh, people from the semiconductor world to talk about chip level security and device level security and privacy issues um, as we develop this topic a little further. Because I think one of the challenges is that, that the internet of things really brings together so many disciplines in one go, um, in one place, that it's almost impossible for a company to be an expert in all of the facets that, that we're all involved in right now. So, so with that, um, I think let's um, let's conclude. If you've got any final thoughts to add, guys, then then um, please please go ahead. Um, I think what really what I've uh, enjoyed about this is understanding a little bit more about the RF space. Um, in fact, one final thought, just to kind of close, maybe is, is uh, Jerry. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what you see as the intellectual property landscape. Uh, Larry made a comment about the non-profit status of the wireless centre, and and I think it might not be necessarily obvious to to uh, people watching this why that's the case and how that in, improves and helps them from an from an IP perspective. Actually, it goes back to part of our mission is economic development as well as technical development. And so one of the things we do here is we don't hold any intellectual property. We let all of the, the starting up companies, small and large, keep all of the IP that gets developed. And, and it's, a, it's a very fruitful area, um, as you can imagine, with IoT. You're starting to place radios where they had not been anticipated before, as well as the challenges of the, the ecosystem of that connectivity, how it's all working. And, and those are things that we help facilitate here at the Wireless Center. That's great. Thank you very much. And, and thank you both for joining me for a few minutes today. Um, next week, just to close, we will be following up on other areas of IoT. Um, we will be looking at some of the global trends that are taking place. Um, we'll be speaking with one of the senior analysts in the community that is working very, very, uh, diligently to help large companies and large brands navigate the internet of things um, around the world. And so with that, I'd like to close and look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. IoT Innovation is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.